Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you right after uh, Toulouse 3, Liverpool 2. And I've got Jay Reid in Liverpool. I've got Beryl Akis in the Netherlands. Beryl, the last two games, 1-1 versus Luton, not ideal. And um, obviously the 3-2 tonight. And we we kind of conspire to lose these two games in fairly different fashion. Um, we're just wasteful against Luton. Um, we should probably, you know, given the XG, the opportunities, a couple of really glaring misses, you know, one goal there and they probably unravel. But then tonight, it's... You know, the, the two goals are, are, are fairly similar. You know, it's that breakaway down that left-hand side. But then we just seem so apathetic towards everything. And and actually, when, when the big guns come on at half-time, it makes us a lot worse. So, you know, I, I'm just wondering, or, or have we had a bit of a funk in our form? Um, is, this, is this an away game issue? given some of our away results this season, or is it just one of those things where this side and this system maybe starting to get figured out a little bit? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think you've summed up everything uh, I, I was going to say. You know, I, I'm not an, uh, I'm, I'm not a uh, person who likes autumn, you know, uh, I, on a sunny day, you know, I like the colours uh, of, of uh, the, the, the trees, you know, the, 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 the leaves uh, turn red, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, in general, I I don't like autumn very much. Um, and and it's it's like uh, <laughs> we've we've hit a snag. You know, just when the, the weather started turning bad and and the, the rain. And and I, I don't think that one has uh, got anything to do with the other. But um, um, yeah, Luton was was a different type of game. You know, it's 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 the very David versus Goliath type of uh, game, which, uh, in, in, to be fair, we are not the best team. You know, one not the best equipped team to, to deal with that thing, uh, and haven't been for a while. I, I would say, uh, still, you know, usually you you get a breakthrough, and, and uh, there is a. Uh, the, there is a goal, and and then you know they need to open up a little, and then you, you score a lot, uh, 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 more goals, etc. Yeah, and, and normally we, we would have won it, and that type of game that you would say, you know, if, if you play it uh, ten times, then you would would win the same game nine times. Um, but yeah, there's also a bit of a trend going on in the sense that we don't play as fluent as we did for a while. Um, and yeah, you you can't um, and, and you don't have to uh, play fluent every every game. Just you know, sometimes you just need to grind uh, results out. But we, we didn't do that also against Luton. And tonight was different in, in the sense that um, you know, in the, in, in the first half, I, I thought you know, Toulouse tried to to stay back and and, and counter, and and you know, we gifted them a goal. Uh, and the, and I think. Uh, the expectation was that when when the when the the, the big uh, the big boys uh, came on, we would um, we would rectify that uh, quickly. But they they changed their tactics in in the second half and they started uh, attacking a lot more and, and were more aggressive. And 
I think it, it came down uh, a bit to, you know, I, I don't want to use mentality as, as something as, you know, if you can't explain what happens in a game, then just, you know, blame mentality and, and will, etc. But it, it, this, this did look like that a bit. I thought they were more up for it and they uh, they they won more duels and uh, and they were also very physical and maybe counting on the fact that we would um, we wouldn't want to be uh, you know that that um, physical or, or you know risk uh, being injured because you know we have uh, bigger fish to fry or whatever and uh, also already with nine points on the board and you know I think they were they were right um, there were individual mistakes. Um, we we weren't very good in in creating chances. We weren't very good in um, defending. So yeah, I, I think every game has its own story. But uh, I, I I I would say it's fair to say that we hit a snag. And you know, I um, especially with Brentford on uh, you know being a very rustic team uh, at times as well. Um, uh, I would like us to get out of this snag as soon as possible. Yeah, Jay, I would like to think it's a snag, but I have like deeper rooted concerns than that. Looking at our, our away form, um, it's six in the table. It's two wins from from six matches. And those two wins are smash and grab at Newcastle and a game we get two late goals at Wolves and make really, really hard work of it. Um, they're the only two league away games we've we've won. Crystal Palace have a better away record than us. United have the same points away from home with us and they've played a game less. Um, Chelsea have a better away record than us and they've played a game less. And yeah, it's... For me, it's a concern that our home form and our away form are so contrasting, both in terms of performance and results. Because at home, it's been so comfortable. And yeah. The away games are just a real slog. They are. Um, I'm only going to caveat it with Apart from the Luton game, the places we've been to, you would say are tricky. So if you if, you know you just you just go through like okay Chelsea at Chelsea, but we've always in recent years struggled with Chelsea, and quite often them games do finish in a draw. And you know Chelsea could be very good, could be crazily just not very good but it's still Chelsea uh, Newcastle as you mentioned smash and grab but they are proven to be a decent force um, Wolves on its day could be problematic which you know we, we found out in the past Spurs we don't even need to get into because it was a farce of a game and Spurs have been decent this season Brighton we all know is, is a decent um, outlet you know and causes problems much last season um, I think they beat us there and they got a draw at Anfield and yeah then Luton which was just you know it, it's it's unforgivable the, the performance that we put in and you know we we allowed ourselves to be dragged down to their level um, which is a thing I have an issue with 
um, you know, good teams. And, you know, we were speaking all this on WhatsApp at the weekend. Um, you know, I was of the, the opinion that we should be going there and putting them to bed like five or six nil. Um, and I think Andy was saying, you know, we'd take a two nil and, and an ugly sort of performance and just get out there. But my opinion is, you know, City will go there on the 10th of December and they will put five, six past them quite easily. I imagine Arsenal will go there and probably do the same. Um, and probably a couple of other teams will go and put them to bed. And we allow ourselves far too often um, in recent times to, to go to teams, especially promoted teams. We, we have an awful record against the Dolphins. We've won in our last eight away trips to promoted teams in the Premier League to slump to their level of football. And let's not like get this wrong, Luton are very lucky to be in, in the Premier League. They are bottom championship sort of level team. You know, they, they had a very good run last year and ran to get up through the playoffs, but they'll be gone probably this season. And then, you know, you might be lucky again to see them in your lifetime back in the top division, but allowing us to get to that level um, and, you know, just just meander along in games and not actually just play our own game, perform with the quality that we've got is very annoying. And, you know, we... We had aspirations at the start of the season to, you know, you say you want to win Everton and the Premier League title would be an absolute dream, but realistically we're probably a year away from, from getting to that. But this league isn't very good and teams can beat each other. And if we got our shit together and maybe just sourced ourselves out, there could potentially be a title race, maybe not necessarily a title challenge and win it, but there could be a race where you know, we keep ourselves involved with with City because they are standalone, the, the best team in the league. At the very worst, you know, you put yourself the best of the rest and you ensure that you are back in the Champions League next season and you put yourself in a good position to maybe only need a couple of additions next season to fully mount a, a, a sustained, consistent title challenge. But, yeah, in, all in all, allowing ourselves to slump to that sort of level is annoying. Um, and yeah, it's 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 kind of become a, a a systemic thing that's happened over the last few seasons, and we somehow need to figure it out because you know teams are going to know what to do against us now. If if, it, if that's the case, you know you frustrate us, you you harass us, you get in amongst us, and we all know you you're not getting the help from officials, and you know you can frustrate us, and once you sort of force us to panic and do things, then you probably end up getting results out of us. Yeah, totally. Uh, and Beryl, ironically, all the chat about the right-hand side of Liverpool get exposed on the right-hand side. It looks to be our left-hand side that's the problem at the minute. You know, the, the, uh, Toulouse's first two goals tonight come from come from, our, from our left-hand side. Um, again, the breakaway against Luton for their goal comes down the left-hand side. And Simicus probably isn't enjoying himself trying to play that role. It doesn't look like it anyway, um, especially after the first goal this evening. And, you know, it, it looks like, and, and again, I could be called all sorts of bias here as well, given my um, feelings on this player. But to me, there seems to be a bit of a Curtis Jones-shaped hole out that side too, which looks to be a vulnerability force at the minute. Yeah, I, I, you know, 
not everyone is a fan of uh, Curtis Jones, and and you know everybody is entitled to their, their opinion, of course. But um, um, I I don't think anyone can deny that uh, when he's in the game uh, in the team, I mean, uh, we have more control. Uh, if you look at the results, you know, uh, last season when he came into the the team and 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 didn't leave the team anymore, and we uh, started getting results and started getting much more control. So, yeah, I, I think that could be one factor. And, you know, obviously not having Robert, although he wasn't having a very good season, uh, but maybe um, in his absence, uh, Timikas not stepping up uh, uh, shows us that, you know, what, what Robert was asked to do is, is more difficult than, uh, than, uh, than we thought. Um, you know, it's, it's fair to say that, that Simikas didn't step up. Uh, he, he, uh, yeah, he, he, is, he is a type of, uh, of, of left back that, you know, just likes to roam uh, the whole left corridor and, and, uh, and, and, you know, bring in crosses. And now he's asked to be, probably asked to be more uh, conservative, more, uh, more defensive. And, you know, that, that's probably not um, what he's best at. But you know the way he gave away this goal, it was, uh, it, uh, yeah. What what can I say? You, you can't just uh, put your foot on the ball and and, and step over it and try to uh, change your direction to give a pass. It it, it it looked like improvisation. It's it's like as if we have never trained and never um, you know uh, worked at the, the shapes that we have to get into and that the passes. Uh, where, you know where the ball could go in in, in your build-up, which every good team does, and we obviously do too. But you know, he he thought he could just, you know, and and maybe it's complacency. I, I don't know. And um, but yeah, it 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 doesn't look <laughs> doesn't look like we could uh, it, we could afford losing Robo. Um, and you know, it looks like we might uh, have to miss him for for a little while longer. So probably the only thing we could hope for right now is to bring Curtis Jones back in there and have some more control because of him. Um, uh, because I, I I don't think it would be fair to to think uh, Gomez can uh, fulfill that role. You know, not not in the same way as uh, as as a, a left sided you know a, a player with a uh, with a um, you know, who, who has a left leg uh, doing more than just standing on it. Um, or, or, you know, one of the youth players, uh, uh, I don't even know all of the games, but I think Scanlon is one of them. But uh, yeah, it, it, that will be a, too much of an ask, I would say. So yeah, we will have to make do and maybe change our tactic, tactics a little because, yeah, um, uh, if we look at the second goal uh, tonight, it, it uh, also came from the left side, but I, I thought... Ponza, who you know had, had good games before, um, didn't have a very good game uh, tonight, I would say. But you know, for that goal, he was uh, wholly at fault, I'd say, because he, he was marking no one, and at the same time, he was he was uh, uh, you know mucking up the uh, the offside trap, uh, which gave their their um, their striker, who was uh, a Dutch guy, who. You know, no one here in, in the Netherlands fancied, but he, who's, you know, scoring goals for fun in, uh, in France, and Dalinga, um, and, you know, uh, g- gave him a, a way in and scored a really good goal. So, yeah, I think there's work to do there, but, yeah, 
I, I think Klopp sees that as well, and he, he will need to find a way to, to shore us up for, on that flank. Yeah. Um, on the other flank, Jay, you, you need, I think, inversion therapy, don't you? At the minute. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're really struggling with, with the with the inverted um the inverted fullback uh Trent hybrid role, whatever we're calling it at the minute. And I can I can see why you I can see why you think that way. Um I don't think he's influencing games as, as much as, as I would like him to. Um, I think we we lack a bit of wids playing in that manner. Um, and I think we're a bit easier to defend against. <coughs> I think... There's a saying, isn't it? Football is a very simple game, complicated by idiots. No, I'm not calling Klopp an idiot. But we don't have the players at our disposal to play that way so disclaimer Trent can play there no, no real too much questions about that because he's quality on the ball you know he's arguably one of our most creative players um, and that is fine if the left sided defensive position whether that be you know left back or the left side of the centre back is you know as you quoted before we started recording, a Paolo Maldini. You know, like, and we're not saying we're going to go and find an ex-Paolo Maldini, but, you know, a player who can play centre-half and left-back and excel and is a very good defender. And if Joe Gomez was left-footed, he would be perfect for that. I think Joe Gomez could do a job out there if we're going to play Trent in that position, but it's not ideal, you know what I mean? So we're just stuck with, you know, round pegs and square holes. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're forcing the issue. And as you rightly mentioned, we're not getting the outputs that we've had from Trent. You know, it, it seems at times like, yes, he's been given the captain's armband and he's the vice captain, but he is trying to take that too seriously, I think, at times. And, you know, he's, he's trying to be Stephen Gerrard and, and run a game from the middle of the park and, you know, maybe in two or three years' time he can do that, but right now I don't think he can. And it leaves us very, very narrow. Um, you know, I I watch the game when we're at home from the cops, so you see the width of the team. You know, you get a different perception from, from what you see on TV, which is, you know, a side angle of the pitch. But when you see a game from behind, you see how narrow we are. And, you know, down the left-hand side, you've mentioned, you know, without Robertson, um, Paul Costas is, you know, doing a pale in, in imitation of what a left back can do. Um, but yeah, he's maybe being asked to do things he wouldn't normally do. And without Diaz, the last few games, you know, due to personal issues, which we will, you know, touch on, it's finally really good news that a dad's been released today. Um, and hopefully that matter can, you know, help him settle down and, and get back to playing his, his new usual. Um, game but without Diaz we, we, we lack width on the left um, and I just think you know at times we're struggling to break a team down Trent should just either have to announce to think you know what there's all the space on the right hand side because you know Sabozdai likes to play in the middle of the pitch at times and drift in and 
Salah, you know, tends to just drift through games at the moment. There's so much space on the right-hand side of the pitch. Just go and stand out there and create width and create some space and create, you know, another option to put the deliveries in that you can do. Um, and even then, you know, if you've got Costas playing left back, you know, you're spreading the pitch wide because, you know, the, the centre-half that we've got, you know, in, in Canate, Massive, Gomez and Van Dijk, you know, as our, as our senior centre-halves, can tend to deal with most things as a pair, whoever it may be. You know, tonight's example didn't exactly go to plan, but we are where we are. And I just think we're, we're inhibiting ourselves and we're trying to force things through the middle of the pitch far too often. And it becomes very easy for teams to sort of set up against us, especially away from home where we've said we're having problems, you know, Teams who are maybe of not a good quality will just say, "Okay, well, we'll come through the middle and try and break us down," and and we're struggling. So, yeah, I'm not buying it at the moment. I just don't think it's it it's working, and it's it's so predictable that we're very rarely, you know, saying, "You know what? Go and play right back for for 20 minutes, half an hour, and get wide, and you know, create another option and make another team think." You know, because it's so easy to to defend against, and yeah, I, I fear that you know we got Brentford this weekend, who very quick on the counter and will attack down the wide areas, will expose us, and then after the international break, you know, we've got City, who many would argue this sort of formation has been copied from. It's before it's before the international break, yeah. It's it's no, we got City after the City week after. It is. No, it's trust, me. trust me. It is. <laughs> is it? Are you? Is it really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So you got two weeks to prepare for City, basically after Brentford, um, and it's a half twelve, you know, because half twelves must apply that Liverpool play away from home. But you know, Doku one side, Grealish or Foden the other doesn't exactly fill me with much excitement. It fills me with absolute dread if we're going to play whatever person at left back and Trent's basically floating on the middle of the pitch and asking Canate to basically cover 40 yards of square area of the pitch. It's, yeah, it's not a nice force. And I think we we probably need to come up with something different because if we go to City playing this way, we'll get our asses handed to us. Great. You've just made <laughs> me realise I'm going to have to go and watch Northern Ireland get hammered by Denmark. <laughs> Fantastic! I you, I've told you, just follow what I do, and don't yeah, take any bother about international football. I, I've already got a ticket for it. <sighs> uh, I've obviously tried to block that out of, out of my memory. Beryl, I, I can I can buy into with what Jay's saying there, um, but um, and I think I think to that point, that is. I think that's a reason why we continue to see Harvey Elliott coming on, not just coming on the pitch and having an impact, but us becoming very reliant on him to to come on and with his kind of ability to manipulate space and tight areas, find a really, you know, creative pass. We're becoming overly reliant on those subs to come in and make a difference in games where we're struggling to break a team down. We've seen it multiple times this season. And again, Luton is, is a, another good example where 
he's the one that creates the space and, and puts the cross in for Diaz to equalise. And it's if we're constantly turning to a 20-year-old who doesn't really seem to have a specific position or doesn't seem to fit a specific position in this system and we're just kind of chucking them on going Christ we need some sort of creative spark here surely there's got to be a more permanent solution than that yeah uh, you know I, I don't mind him being tw- 20 um, um, also I don't I wouldn't mind uh, if if uh, you know, you have five subs now, so I think planning for subs and planning to to change a game, I don't think is is unwise to to think of these. Uh, you know, I I I I would think that we don't have plans A and B and but that you it, have. But what um, I'm saying, Beryl, is it does mm-hmm. appear to be Harvey Elliott off the bench is Plan B. Yeah, he is a uh, he is a different setup because you need to adapt to the situations. I, I would say, and um, yeah, he, and he has a different skill set to uh, you know. Mostly, he plays on the on the uh, you know in the in the right uh, side of of midfield, and um, you know which is the the Sobos light spot right now and the Henderson spot. Um, you know, coming back a, a little on what what Jay was saying that because you know the width should be provided not only by the the right back but just you know and maybe even not by the right back but more so by uh, the 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 right sided midfielder in in the system I would say and I think uh, Soboslai had had really good games but uh, he seems to uh, and maybe he's just tired but you know the last two games of, that he played in weren't very good i would say i think he was, I, I i thought it was really bad against luton and, and today you know it, it was a is a bit of a frantic game and he came on in the second half so and 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 played the first half of the second half uh, uh, on the left side at midfield so you know uh, i think um, he prefers the other side and i prefer him there as well but coming back to 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 elliot um you know he's a very different type of player and he's uh, uh, he, he lacks certain things, you know, physicality and maybe even speed, maybe. But uh, he, he has, you know, very good technique, I would say. And he has a good passing and he even has a shot. And, you know, there was one shot that he took on and was very frustrated to you know, not, not hit the ball as well as he wanted to. And I, I, I like that as well. He has a lot of spirit. I, I, I see lots of drive in him. So I would like us because you know we have talked about him before and you know him not having a, a natural spot in in in, a, in our team. Uh, um, you know he's not he's he's not to to play uh, the, the, as a Salah understudy. He actually you know he's not a one hundred percent fit for the, the midfield as well. So where should he play? I don't know, but maybe he's the left the the left back that we're looking for. Uh, you know I'm making a joke. Please don't uh, etc. But um, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, uh, uh, what I want to say is, is I wouldn't mind him being a plan B if that if that's something we structurally train for and uh, is something everybody knows what to do with uh, if the change is being made. But um, at this moment, uh, it, it I agree with you that it does look a bit like, uh, you know, improvisation. You, you tried 
doing something with your left foot uh, on the red right handed side. But you know, with Salah also being there, uh, it maybe even narrows us down a little more. But yeah, uh, I like uh, Harvey, and uh, if if we can find a spot for him, uh, even if it is as the plan B, I, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, all right, Jay, let's do it. Let's do it. Darwin. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I, I still just don't know what to make of him. I think everything that we've talked about up to this point suggests that that is the sort of centre forward that we need. We've talked about Gakpo tonight. It's just too congested in there to start to play with a false nine and expect them to be able to really influence the game. You know, the reason Firmino had that space is because we were so wide and we stretched the pitch all the time. You know, one of the cornerstones of our play in that size was that that fullback to fullback pass. Um, Mane being wide, Salah being wide, fullbacks hugging the touchlines, Henderson going, you know, hitting the hitting the touchline, getting chalk on his boots and trying to get to the byline in the glory days. And that made the pitch huge and allowed Firmino to operate. This is the polar opposite of that. So you do need someone who can run in behind and who can be a target man. But at the same time, if you've got three or four chances in a game, when that's the plan, you've got to put them away. And I think the the first chance against Luton that he has, I wouldn't even really call a chance, the first touch off the inside of the side, and he hits it. And I think he does that absolutely brilliantly. It's world-class. And he's really unlucky. He hits the frame of the goal. And then it's a simple side to finish at the back post to, to basically, I would say, put the game to bed. Then you, you nail that. That puts us 1-0 up. And, you know, he's got he's got to start to score the Gakpo goal, doesn't he? Yeah. The, the, easy, the easy tap-ins and the poacher's goals if he's going to really elevate himself to the next level. Yeah, and I like the kid. I really do. Uh, you know that, but you know, there's, there's there's like a, you know, ruthless instinct and, you know, you think of Jota, who's a lot more ruthless in front of goal. He's a natural, you know, finisher. You know, you know I think that's a, the, the glory days for me of, as a child of Robbie Fowler and anything like that around the box it was just in the back of the net you know it was it wasn't even worth considering you know it, it dropped him it was in and, yeah, and I you think don't get that impression with Darwin yeah and I, I think on that you, you, I'm presuming that you saw Sturridge's analysis um, and I think that's kind of the difference if you talk about Jara and, and certainly Fowler they've every finish in the book don't they They've, oh, they, yeah. em, they improvise so well um, in the moment and Nunez has not I don't I don't want to say hasn't developed that part of his game yet because I saw him score a, a couple of really cute goals against us but it just 
I don't he's, know. He's got it in the locker. I think what it is, um, it might even just be a temperament thing of the person. You know, he, he's so emotional, which you, you tend to find with South American players. And, you, you know, he, he, he can get so riled up that Everton has to be smashed, you know, and, and hit as hard as it can to make sure, you know, it, it goes in and it, it it's hit with so much emotion and ferocity that, you know, he gets into his own head. And we've seen, you know, he scored that wonder goal last week against Bournemouth, you know, to get us through the next round of the cup. And then against Luton, I think his first couple of chances, you know, pretty much identical, cut inside off the left, out your feet, try and whip it for that far corner. And he works the keeper, but, you know, he's not catching it as clean as that one against Bournemouth. You know, you, you might try that attempt 10 times and you might only get one of them in the top corner. Um, and he does need to learn the delicacy of the game in terms of we look at tonight's match and Jota striding through and you put Darwin in that situation and he is rifling that ball as hard as he can at the goal where Jota has the foresight and the, the delicacy within his finish of just putting it to the side of the keeper and, and tucking it away nicely and ensuring that the ball nestles in the net and you would hope you know that in the what 16, 18 months that we've had Nunes at the club, he has developed. Um, I don't think there's there's a discussion to be had about that. Like in terms of what he was showing us when he first arrived to what he's showing us now, he's a much more developed centre forward. But there's still a lot more he can do and learn. Um, and I do think you know at times tonight, like I was saying to you at half time, you know it, it's basically. We're getting nothing from Gapo. We need Darwin. And that's because of maybe the setup, maybe the type of game. But there'll be other games, I think, you know, probably against Man City, it might actually be a case that it's more suited for Gapo in terms of the way they are set up and the need to keep, you know, working the ball as as of just as much as Darwin's improved as link play, but Gapo is probably a better you know, maybe an extra body in the field sort of thing and, and work it around and, and slowly build towards a goal rather than, than use the, the Nunes thing right away. And then maybe, you know, break glass, you put Nunes on and you get him to lump a few balls over the top and get them turned and, and chase. You know, there'd be a, a school of thought that people would say Nunes should be starting that game and get them on the back foot and turned and, and chasing. But, you know, it, it's it's how you see the game. Um but yeah, back to the original point, it, it's unforgivable to to miss those chances that he's missed in recent times. You know, you think even back to the other week, it was a tapping that, you know, he, he scuffed and missed and um, it's against the post. That was Toulouse, wasn't it, the home game? And he missed another one a few weeks ago where, you know, he got his feet all muddled up and he basically should have had a tapping from four to five yards. And these are the things he's got to work on and develop because he's got so much good going for him, but he's still got these, you know, glaring sort of, not errors, but, you know, massive sort of marks against his, his name and his character of, you know, can he be our outright number nine and the man we need to lead our line? Because, you know, we, we've seen... In, in the last couple of games, we, we just need to get our noses influencing games because once we slip behind, we are finding ourselves in trouble to, to chase games and, and win them back. And we've done it a few times at the beginning of the season. We won them 
three games, three one in a row after going a goal down. But as we found now, it, it's not always going to go in our favour. No, and they're all like not not to take the kid out or anything. Um, the the one area of his game that I previously didn't really have an issue with was is is finishing, but the statistics would tell you is he is currently the most wasteful forward in the Premier League. Um, his he, he's two point six three um, behind his xG, and the next worst is God forbid Nicholas Jackson. So Nicholas Jackson's actually performing better against his XT than, than Darwin Nunez is. Um, it's close, like, but it, that's no barometer. And you know, are, I, I think are the goals that he uh, that Nicholas Jackson scored against uh, uh, Spurs in that because that will be <laughs> that will be a massive massive swing from one uh, way to uh, to the other. It think. will be a swing, but then if you look at some of if you look at some you know, I think there's there's the misses that we've talked about. There's there's Luton, there's the one he rounds a keeper and hits the post. There's the one that he, he kind of pushes wide past the far post. They're all those Nicholas Jackson finishes and he puts three of them away. Mm-hmm. You know, so actually if if Darwin has those chances, maybe maybe it's worse, maybe it's better. I don't know. Um but there is an element here where if we're going to play with what you would call a recognised centre forward and we're going to narrow the pitch and, and play specifically to his strengths, then he's got to start to fire on those cylinders. Um, I would actually disagree with Jay on the City point. I would absolutely have Nunez starting against City and just trying to get him behind as often as possible and hope that one of his shots actually misses the keeper and hits the net, but <laughs> but we've we've got to we've got to start to see that because Jay's right. He's physically he's got every attribute you want. Physically, if you want to build a footballer, it's him, you know. Um, but there needs to be more of a calmness to his game, and just he's got to just work on that technique. I think. Yeah, I think that those are the two elements that he needs to work on. Um, yeah, um, basic technique sometimes seems a bit off, but that that might be, uh, you know, and it might have something to do with concentration or, uh, you know, over concentration, thinking too far ahead, etc. Um, yeah, you know, the, the miss against Luton is, you know, anything could have happened. Maybe the balls. Was a bit higher than he thought, and what you know, there is no way you cannot bury that, and uh, I, I don't know what happens there. So, and he probably doesn't know as well, but um, and and there are a couple of those. I think he he contributed a lot this season, a lot more than uh, he did last season, and he was all right last season as well. I thought, but yeah, you you. you, you 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 have to be able to depend on him to to convert those uh, what they, they what do they call them guilt edged edged uh, chances. If if you can't, then it it um, I think it not only demoralizes himself but also you know his team, uh, and we can't have that. So 
um, I don't know what exactly they try to do to amend this because it's it's you know clearly also in his head. Uh, I remember, uh, and you, you might remember that the player Jean-Pierre Papin was a, a French player who wasn't yep. very good at playing football in general. Maybe you know, you know, a lot better than than I would have been. But you know, if you compare him with his uh, with his peers, I would say. And the only thing he did, uh, and uh, I think in the latter stages of his career, he played for Bayern Munich, and. Uh, I remember um, watching, um, you know, some um, uh, that they all always have these nice reports on on German TV. They had those at least, uh, you know, longer uh, reports about what what players do and etc. etc. And and he only trained only trained on finishing. Um, you know. You you can't do that if someone has to contribute to to the the, the team play as well, of course. But maybe um, uh, there needs to be uh, more of that for him. Or maybe uh, I remember Salah doing the the yoga pose uh, at one point in his uh, in his Liverpool career. Uh, you know, pointing towards the fact that he had massively benefited from doing yoga. But probably for him, it was more uh, a physical thing. Um, but you know, yoga also has the meditation thing, and I, I might be, uh, I might be, you know, venturing into areas that you know you, you normally don't uh, speak about in, in in football podcasts. I would say, but uh, um, you know, meditation or um, sometimes it's called mindfulness is, is is a technique that you can use to to concentrate on you know uh, the task at hand, or sometimes concentrate on nothing. Um, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of things that um, would, in this situation, maybe be helpful. But yeah, it's it. Uh, I, I I like uh, Darwin. I, I think he's a good kid. I think there are some deficiencies, um, <coughs> and some of them have to do with his basic technique, probably. Um, but some of them have to do with mental um, uh, attributes, or you know, him being. Uh, you know, it, I think it's very telling that if the chance is more difficult, then he's more likely to make it. It's very strange. He scores those really difficult chances, and he, you know, uh, he, he seems to miss the, the the really easy ones more often. I think that's that's a pointer towards what's uh, you know what's happening here. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much spot on. Um. Jay, let's just look ahead to the weekend. You know, we, we expected to get 12 points from from 12 over these four games. Uh, we're sitting at seven from nine. You know, bare minimum has got to be 10 now. It, it, it's 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 got to be if if we if we want to try and kick on here, take three points going to that into the international break. But um, I think it's interesting given Brentford's. Key asset is kicking the ball into the box and having a load of big, massive lads jump at it. That Van Dyke's just told, just you sit at home, big lad. Um, just you sit at home. Don't worry about getting the flight. Put your feet up, watch us lose, and then come back and head everything out of the box at the weekend. 
But as you said, pre-pod, these guys in with you know Wissa and Embuemo, they've also got pace in behind that could hurt us, and, and we've seen that over the last couple of games how we can be exposed. So this all of a sudden, given the context of the last two results and performances, looks maybe a different proposition than it did three or four games ago. Yeah, um, I don't like playing Brentford at any time. Um, I just think he always causes problems. Um, remember a game last season, I want to say it was probably around March time. And whether anyone will actually see the game this weekend, because I'm not sure if it's on you know, regular TV or not, whether you'll have to find an alternative source, but they are kings. <laughs> they are kings of time wasting as well. Um I just remember last season watching them, it was like every time they got a free kick or a throw in, they took so much time of the game. You know, it's a, it's a tactic that works. You know, they're going to Anfield. They've got to find a way to quieten the crowd, which they did, um, you know, slow the game down, frustrate us. And do you know what they want to do? They'll just hit you on the break. Um, obviously, they're missing the big man up top in Tony. Um, and... It has affected the way they play, but I think as the season's developed so far, they've they've sort of settled into a a more of a way of playing. I think they had a bit of a sketchy start. Um, they got to draw at home to Spurs, I think, in the in the first game, but then they've had a couple of you know moody games. But they've won the last three on the spin in the league. You know, they beat Bren- uh, beat Burnley comfortably at home three 0 They went to Stamford Bridge, put Chelsea to bed two 0 and then they got the best of the West Ham at home in the last game, 3-2, um, after, you know, a run of one, two, three, six games without a win. Um, seven, sorry, without a win, if you'd include um, the cup competition. So, they're sort of settling into a system of how they want to play. And yeah, with Mbumo and Wissa, you know, wide, it does, you know, it basically hits our weak spots, which we've said. Um so, yeah, they might boom long balls forward, but I think Kanate is going to be in for a busy afternoon um, because I imagine Trent is probably going to play somewhere on the right side slash centre of midfield um, and not in defence. And then whoever plays left-back, if it's the ghost of Costa Sirikus, um from the 45 minutes tonight or whether Gomez gets another attempt out there, um, they're going to be busy. So... Yeah, it's not filling me with much joy, but I do take confidence in what you said earlier on, that at home we've been very good. Um, you know, we, we seem to have found ways you know, in games to just put teams away. Um, and it might not happen, you know, in the first half, as we've seen, like in the likes of the Derby and whatever. But, you know, once you sort of grind these teams down um, and figure out that, you know, We've got plenty of attacking talents, and as much as we've spoke about them all tonight, they, they all offer something different. So, you know, at the moment, they're all fit. Maybe not in Gakpo's case, 100% fit, but, you know, they all can offer something. And over the course of 90 minutes, we, we should do enough in terms to come away with the three points. Yeah, Beryl, I, I, I would hope that, that that is going to be the case. Um, yeah, Brentford, it's probably not a great time to play them. Because I know that that's a thing that people talk about. 
and they might be looking going, this is a good time to play Liverpool. And, you know, despite our home form, this is this is probably a concern. And I think their their analysis and, and focus on both offensive and defensive set pieces, it's just another route towards a result for them. And as good as we are in those areas of the pitch, we're probably not going to be as effective against Brentford as we would with most other sides, you would say. So, you know, with a low block team, staying narrow, we're going to have to try and find another way to break this side down. Yeah, McAllister isn't playing, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, uh, Endo, I, I thought, started well tonight, but, you know, tailed off very uh, abruptly and very... Uh, I, I didn't think he. I, I, th- I thought he was lucky to not get a second yellow at one point, even. So yeah, he didn't give a. You know, if that was his audition for for playing uh, instead of McAllister on the weekend, it wasn't a very uh, good audition, I would say. Um, I, I don't know. Do, do we know if if Curtis Jones uh, will be available? Uh, or uh, Bajetic. Uh, he no, won't I, be available. I, not available. The Celtics won't. Jones. We don't know about Jones or Gravenberch, do we? City yeah. for Jones, Klopp said yesterday, and Gravenberg had a small knock, which should be available for the weekend, and mm-hmm. Van Dijk was apparently sick, was why he was left out, and Klopp has also picked up whatever you know, sniffles that I'm sure everyone's got at this time of year. Um, I don't know if I noticed on the sideline. He had tissues in his hand um, tonight and maybe, you know, a couple of bits of runny nose down there. Um, he might have just been crying about the performance, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably seen more action running down his nose and snot than he did on, from his actual team at times. But, yeah, that's the basic fitness report from yesterday. So, okay. and then from, from tonight, I think we will have another update tomorrow. Okay, so you know, no, no Jones then, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, maybe so pick, a, so pick us a team, Beryl. Pick us a team. Oh yeah, um, yeah. If if McAllister, you know, he isn't available, so uh, you know, you have to play with uh, with Endo then and Grafenberg, I would say, um, uh, and Soboslai uh, in the midfield. Uh, you know, I I do realize that I started <laughs> very odd. Uh, place to 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 name a, a, an 11 but you know obviously Allison, of course and right back you know i i would hope that trent will will find his form back uh and you know realize that he needs to do more than just uh, be very happy with the fact that he finally uh, is a central midfielder um but you know uh ibu konate and and virgil van dijk will be uh, essential i would say to uh you know, to head away balls and to be uh, physical. Yeah, and, and I, I really don't know who we should play on left back. Yeah, I know we can't play Joe Gomez uh, so many games in a row without breaking him down. Um, so I, 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 and I, I, I wouldn't want to play him just for that, you know, uh, fact. Uh, so maybe <laughs> we need to give Simakas another uh, a go. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see another, any other option at this moment. You know, we don't have Milner anymore. 
you know, I, I named the midfield, so Salah uh, would play for me. And I think you need to give Diaz uh, and Nunez uh, a, a run together. And hopefully uh, Nunez will start, you know, stop brain farting and, just, you know, score his chances, even if they are easy. And uh, it, that's the way we get past them, I, I would hope. It's, but yeah, you, you, you can hear that I'm not filled with 100% uh, confidence. But, uh, in, in, you know, I, I think we have a, a couple of players who, who are able of, uh, of magic, as we know. Uh, you know, don't have to mention Salah in this because uh, everybody knows. But, you know, Soboslai, uh, Diaz uh, will be happy that his, uh, his father is, uh, is free now. And, and so maybe that's what will get us over the line. Oh, and if, um, you know, we would like to roll the dice on, on Jota as a, as a nine, you know, I, at this point, I would uh, be down with that uh, experiment as well, I would say. Yeah, Jay? Team? Uh, I think the midfield is the midfield. That's all we've got in terms of Gravenberg, Endo and Svoslai. Um Unless he fancies changing it and going with a double pivot of maybe Gravenberg and Zabozlai in there and then playing, you know, Diaz as, as wide and left as he can and then, you know, maybe Elliot gets a start. I was going to say, right, is there, conventional is there right midfield? I think, I think the two, there's a couple of questions here, I suppose, for me. I think the left-back's question's a question. I think the other thing is, if you are going to be like midfield, do you just stick Trent in there? We saw him do it in pre-season, just play him as a six. Gomez right back. Is there a shout for Elliot? I suppose those are the questions around the back four of the midfield, aren't they? If if I was going to double pivot in midfield of you know Endo and uh, Zabozlai, I'd play Diaz left, and then I'd be more happy with Gomez being a left back slash you know left sided of a back three, and then if you allow Trent to just do what he wants, because that's what it seems like we're allowing um, from the right back on the list position but you know if you then sort of angled that into more of you know Trent's going right side of a midfield three um, Endo sitting so boss like from the left Diaz wider left again um, maybe there then is a shout for Harvey Elliott to play on the right side of the midfield and then you're playing Salah up top and I think I don't know Maybe Jota gets the start based on, you know, he come off the bench tonight, look confident, score the goal. Um, and, you know, maybe he just feels as though, you know, you've just got to put that ruthless fella up there um, and up against Brentford, who I think it's Christian Ayer and Ben Mee who play at the back. I can't imagine they're the most, you know, agile and nippy. Um, sort of players, so you might want to get players who are clever and get things on the floor and nice and tight and can play in and around them in the likes of Salah and Jota rather than, you know, go for the battering ram that is Darwin Nunes. Okay. All right. I think Nunes definitely starts. I think it's just a question is 
who plays left-hand side of that front three. I think there's probably an argument for for a for a grabbing Burks and Sabozlai double pivot there and see how we get on. And maybe you just throw Elliot in and say, look, have a, have a crack from the start, lad. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and we'll see. So yeah, until next time, boys, thanks for joining me. Up the narrow as fuck reds.